0: Stay tuned for the Renewable Energy Hour. Good evening, Mandanesia. Welcome to the Renewable Energy Hour. I'm Doug Livingston, and joining me is my my co-host, Chris Love. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? Oop, wait a minute. Help if I potted you up. Now you can say, hey, how are you doing? Oops, Chris, did I lose you?
1: Apologize, I had mine on the mute. Yeah, I'm huh. good here.
0: Thank oh, all right, good. I I I'm always worried I pushed the wrong button because I got way too many buttons in front of me.
1: You're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I, de- I couldn't pipe in about Cave Creek, and that's up to the top of Tomkai. Oh, okay. Road in the Redwood Valley, and it, you know, where you go to take a left to go to Canyon Creek towards Willits that's where Cave Creek continues forward towards Potter Valley.
0: Okay. And that's okay, private
1: roads all the way to the Van Arsdale Dam.
0: That's up there. Mm. So it comes it comes down into the Eel, huh? Yep. Wow. I'm used to getting to the Eel through Potter Valley.
1: Yeah, and that's the, uh, what is that neighborhood? It's called Scenic, you know, one of the old ranches that was up there that got split up, yeah, you know, yeah. back in the land days.
0: I bet you that's where... uh my old boss's housing development is one of one of those fires i guess it was probably the 2008 fire or something that complex was burning crazy up there but but they managed to save that whole new development right after it went in Uh. fires 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 and speaking of fires i'm on my uh let's see i I hauled my thirty ninth pickup truck load of wood debris from the side of our road and our driveways from the tree fall from that snowfall today, and there's there's still probably five to go and and actually it it uh caused a rather adrenaline raising incident i was driving back from my in-laws drive with a load full of burn pile brush you know the small limbs and i'd stacked it too high and i got to a steep part on the straightaway of our road back to our house and uh, a couple of branches fell off and so i stopped the truck and uh, engaged the parking brake and Knowing the parking brake's a little weak, I decided to turn off the truck and put it into gear to make sure it held, and mm-hmm. uh, got out of the truck, walked around, grabbed the branches, and was loading up the branches, and the truck started moving. Uh-oh. So either either I misremember putting it in gear, or uh, the parking brake wasn't fully engaged, or my dog yeah, maybe took, took the
2: parking
0: brake is weak. The parking brakes are definitely weak. That's why I put it in in uh, gear turn a motor on a steep enough road for sure.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I've done it in many vehicles.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't seeing any jerkingness or sputter to mm. try to start. So, and and it wasn't in gear when I finally got back in the truck. So either wow. I d- I didn't put it in gear or my dog knocked it out of gear because my dog was in the truck. But yeah. this was on the steep part of the road. Fortunately, it was very straight. And when it started moving, I immediately tried to grab the truck and stop it, which, of course, on the steep hill I was not capable of doing. And it sped up and sped up, and I had to end up trotting alongside it. And uh, and open very. opened the car door, thinking about, oh, my God, I hope somebody doesn't come around the bend, you know, 100 yards down on the straightaway with this thing barreling down because it sped up a lot at first on the steep part. But fortunately, since the parking brake was still engaged and uh, and the slope decreased, it actually slowed down a little bit once the slope decreased. But still, it was going too fast for me to get in. Uh, I yeah. run alongside and trying to get My dog to get out who was in the cab worrying about the truck you know going off the downhill side of the road and clunk hard into a tree or whatnot and he was petrified and cowering on the floor on the passenger side and so I tried to get in and managed to get my feet up onto the wheel well and or the the floor by the seat, hanging onto the door and hanging onto the frame and couldn't manage to maneuver myself in and looked up and realized we were finally drifting off the road on that downhill side and right. had a momentary, uh, God, I hope Obie doesn't get hurt and dropped off the car and took a few bangs and whacks as I rolled on the road. And, and fortunately, you know, it got, Caught by a nice big tree right there on the edge of the road. The wheel wasn't even off the end. Bent a little bit of the fender and broke a broke a tail light, brake light, and the, Well, glad you're still here, man. I'm, I'm glad I'm still here. I'm glad my dog's still here. I'm glad my yeah. truck still runs, and with a replaced light, would still be road legal. So. Yeah. But I swear, I still feel a little bit of adrenaline from that 15 second. Jog alongside the car.
1: Yeah, I would expect it, man. That one's that one's a close one. You're smart enough to know that you were a you know a couple hairs' breadth away from potentially being underneath that thing. Yeah, it's always the worry, you know. Yeah, well, stuff like that with tractors and four wheelers and pickups.
0: Yeah, you know, people get killed by things like that rolling on them and whatnot. But
1: yeah, it happens around here more than more than I think most of us hear about.
0: Well, my, my, my bad afternoon got worse. I, had, just before that little drive, an incident, got a text from my daughter. Are you, is is now a good time, she texts me, because yesterday she said, do you have time to help me with a calculus problem tomorrow afternoon? And I said, mm. now if you want. And she says, I don't have time now. But, uh, so she had set it up for this afternoon, and I said, yeah, wait a minute, I'm just driving a load of wood back home, and... And I'll text you in a few minutes. And so I got back home and immediately texted her. And uh, we had a frustrating time with this calculus problem for an hour and finally got through it. <laughs> finally got through it. I, I, I kept telling her, I'm a little foggy on all this stuff. It's been a while, but I, I'm surprised at how fast it comes back sometimes. Um, yeah. But of course, after that hour, I walk into the kitchen because I'd been out on the deck texting and talking to her and uh oh man i smelled the gorgeous wonderful tasting stew that i'd made that morning that i'd left on simmer instead of turning off Mm. and it was just on the point of burning enough to ruin it but fortunately not not enough to stink the hell out of the kitchen or catch on fire or anything and so that that added to my bad day so i went to the freezer and grabbed a frozen pizza for dinner and <laughs> <laughs> put that in when my wife got home from work and and said and now I need to relax after I told her the story about the truck and she said you do and i sat down and relaxed for a bit with a glass of wine and went in to check the pizza and it was overdone <laughs> Oh, those days. Yeah, I've had those before. <laughs> one of those days. So and and I'm afraid I've set myself up for one of those days on the air here today because we haven't done a whole lot of homework uh uh prepping for topics to talk about on the show. We got a couple that we'd like to start with, but we anticipate opening up the line so anybody wants to talk about anything related to renewable energy fairly early in the show, but you you had one I wanted to I wanted to hear about. You were you were talking about the new uh midnight inverters
1: yeah it's a new inverter that's been you know kind of in the works i think for probably about five years and this all kind of comes out of their kind of original plan for a, a massive game changing inverter that maybe we'll see one day maybe not um and so this is kind of one of the modules that they developed and they're like oh you know we can just put this out on its own and it turns out to be a You know, pretty solid off-grid offering at this time. Um, In the future, it will be a a grid, you know, intertie-capable inverter, but that's, you know, that's kind of next stages. Yeah, they got to jump through
0: some hoops to make that happen.
1: Yeah, and most of it's really, you know, they got to get into the programming and the complexities, but all the hardware is there. That's kind of, you know, some of the beauty of some of these modern inverters is that, you know, they can build something that's ready for the future, but just, like, okay, well, it's not really ready for prime time in all these ways, but hey, let's go ahead and get it out to the off grid and the mobile community. So it is UL listed and, uh, um, for off grid use and mobile use, both. Um, they've got two different models one that's like the mobile specific because it does the ground switching. So,
0: it's just, so when you hook
1: up to a generator or, you know, the shore power, it doesn't create a ground loop which is dangerous that that's Uh,
0: on the that's on the mobile application
1: correct you know and
0: i presume uh, that's user settable or those two different models
1: it's two different models
0: Okay. yeah
1: yeah and it's you know and for somebody that needs that it's a really big benefit to have that because otherwise it's it's not a huge amount of work to set that up but you know it's It's something that has to be done absolutely correctly or not done at all.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, it's oft overlooked part of the code by, you know, even the majority of installers um, in general.
0: I remember uh, Trace and Hard Interface used to have, you know, a mobile Mm -hmm. versus a stationary version or a settable internal ground bond or... Or releasable ground bond when connected to shore power, right? But uh, a lot of people have uh, issues with ground bonds with their generator if the, uh, mm-hmm. the where the the generator oh. has got its own internal bond because it's a portable generator. Yeah. Where, yeah, it's
1: a really complex part of doing an off-grid system especially if somebody has a portable and they want to move it to some other part of their property. It can get pretty complicated.
0: Yeah, the the stationary you know, the stationary generators generally you can You can bond them or not, but uh, generally, their default is not bonded because they assume it's attaching to a house that has that bond, and you don't want to have more than one neutral to ground bond in a system.
1: Yeah, and the more complex and smart of an inverter you get, and you know, get into the range of what we you know are commonly called now hybrid and multi-mode inverters. And especially if there's AC coupling going on in your solar system, uh, the farther that generator gets away from that inverter or wherever the bond is in that off-grid system uh, can become problematic in how that generator runs or getting, you know, nuisance trips in your GFI receptacles throughout the whole system. Huh,
0: interesting. So-
1: Complex little weird stuff that's really hard to figure out because almost no inverter tech company has the engineering background to really look at the complexities of all the ways these things are installed, you know there are so many custom setups.
0: There <laughs> are so many ways that this stuff gets installed. So that midnight inverter is it? You know what voltages does it work on battery wise, and is it um, one hundred and twenty only or one hundred and twenty two hundred and forty? I presume.
1: Yeah, so it's a forty-eight volt only uh, battery inverter not 12 or 24.
0: So they're not and really, is, they're not really aiming at the RV or the sailboat market.
1: No, I think this is definitely going more toward the, you know, kind of motor coach
0: and, you know, they get 48, I mean, 48 volt motor coach.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. The Prevost, the Prevost used to come with sunny islands in them. Huh? Like, like what you would find, you know, a, uh, uh, you know, a music, a band going on tour with, you know, they would often get motor coaches where they could plug in their amps and have clean water. and the sunny Island was the go-to inverter for those for a long time.
0: Hey, we got an, an early caller. Hopefully he's pertinent to what we're talking about right now. Cause we were, or she, cause we were about to open up the lines in 10 minutes or so, but hello, caller. You're live on the air. Did you mean to be? Caller, caller
1: hello
0: hello. I hear clicks in the background but no response from this caller hmm yeah they probably the phones are they probably didn't okay they probably didn't want to be on the air called the wrong number oops they're calling well, they're calling again let's let's give them a try hello caller you're live on the air have you got your mute on, or by any chance are you listening to the radio and seven seconds behind? I can hear the radio seven seconds behind.
1: Yeah, it's very faint.
0: For, for people calling in, it's important to realize that uh, if you're listening to the radio while I answer the phone, you will be really confused. Because we're seven seconds in the past on the radio, and uh, you'll you'll miss seven seconds of me wondering why you're not answering until you realize, and it's too late because we've already dropped. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, uh, so it's forty-eight. It's forty-eight uh, volt battery bank ready, and uh, well, they're trying again. Maybe they turned off their radio. Last chance. Are you there?
2: hey guys um it's someone else I think someone else oh, okay
0: is someone else <laughs> you're not gonna take responsibility for that and <laughs> no, and we'll believe you I'm innocent.
2: <laughs> hey quick question so i have i bought a i bought a little system i made a little system about uh two years ago when we were having the uh p g e power safety shut off mm-hmm. and um you know just to run a refrigerator and a few uh, like a little induction burner that kind of thing uh-huh. Um, I picked up this inexpensive, um, you know, all-in-one inverter, MPP charge controller, all that.
0: The DIY. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: from from, uh, yeah. From midnight.
0: Yeah, uh, from midnight. Well, that's not really from midnight. It's right. Somebody else makes thing. it, and and so they, their names on it.
2: It's made by MPP. Um, I think they're like based out of Korea or something. Okay. It's all, in one, all so, in one system. So maybe
0: this is the same beast and, and without the midnight name on it.
2: It could be. I don't think it's that high quality, though, because um, when it's idling, that inverter
1: just sucks up energy.
2: That, that's, typical, that's typical
0: yeah. of cheap inverters.
1: Yeah, more it, so than it, others. I mean, all of them do to some extent.
0: But some are horrendous. It,
2: yes it's a 24 volt system um and i have it hooked to um i bought this big uh or a five kilowatt battery from a place called big battery.com it's just a recycled battery from some like solar um, utility solar okay uh system anyways um it also hooks up to shore power and so it's not feeding into the grid it's just uh taking power from, For, the, grid. from
0: the grid right
2: and, yep and from solar um and I'm curious, so grounding, will it use the ground that's being supplied by shore power
0: or? Well, shore power doesn't supply a ground uh, okay. in general. In general, the ground is happening in your main panel, but you're probably not feeding your main panel with this ad lib system. You were running off extension cords or something, right?
2: Exactly. Yep. So
0: you probably didn't have a bonded ground ever.
2: That's probably so. Correct. Do yeah. you have a digital <laughs> multimeter? Um, I do. Yeah.
0: Me- um, measure measure <laughs> the resistance between your neutral and your ground. Uh, no. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, and if you've got a continuity setting, that's that's a great one because then maybe you get a beep because um, if you have that connection between the two. Then that needs to be disconnected. You can only have one neutral to ground bond connection on your electrical system anywhere.
0: His problem is he probably doesn't have any.
1: Well, you, you, I mean, if he has, you
0: you have a utility. Oh, oh, you're right. Your shore power is your house power, right? Yeah. And so that's coming from your house panel. So that's bonded. So when you're running that way, you're cool. Uh, well, no, the, the inverter may have an internal bond. Uh, that's,
1: that's the important part to know, and there, there should be something about this in the manual, hopefully a paragraph or a page or two about it in the manual that is specific about what's in the inverter.
0: They'll use phrases yeah. like neutral ground bonding or, or ground bonding. Um,
2: yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'll have to crack that manual open
0: and uh, and, and check, check that out because because yeah. uh, my my other my concern is oh, you're you're okay when you're running in shore mode. Sure.
2: Unless oh, there unless
0: yeah, then, unless there's then, another bond down the system, which it doesn't sound like there is. There might be one in the inverter, in which case you'll have two neutral ground bonds, and you can get current traveling on the ground wire between the two. Which isn't supposed to happen.
1: It makes it very hard to trip breakers in the system because the ground is robbing half the voltage from that surge that the breaker is supposed to take and trip from. Um, Hmm. So you know you're getting sixty volts instead of one hundred and twenty
0: volts at your breaker. I'm not. I'm not very problematic. I'm not seeing that. How does that happen? Because the the breaker trips based on amperage, and and it's the amperage in the hot line that's running through the breaker. But if you're yeah. unbonded, if you're unbonded, then breakers won't trip when they're supposed to. Right. Hmm. That's that was my concern, anyhow. They will Yeah, I'm
1: not sure exactly how the thermomagnetic works in the breaker, but that's my understanding is that the. There's a balance between I mean, I know there's a, a current is what it's supposed to trip off of, but I think with the the ground loop that you lose some of that current and we you know, and that's what I've seen when we found a ground loop is part of how I found it is I was pulling sixty volts off the ground leg and then it the, you know went searching for the other connection, and that's what we found is that there was another yeah, you can you can
0: definitely system. get voltage on the ground wire when it's not bonded. Uh, You can get voltage on the ground wire when it is bounded, but it's just usually very, very small. Um, uh, But, uh, yeah, so so my concern is, is there an internal ground in your system and that you'd have to check the manual on. If there is, then you're technically doing two different bonds, one in your house panel and one in the machine. If you're ever running off of a generator... um,
1: yeah, because there might just be right in the wiring box potentially, you know, a wire that connects the case of the body of the inverter to a neutral lug,
0: and and or, and they tell there you might
1: be a place to do it, and it's not there, and they tell you to do it if you need it.
0: Right. So if, uh, but but my concern is when he's running off of extension cords and the utilities down i guess he is still connected his neutral and and yeah. ground He's are still connected to the utility box so he'd still be gone
1: leave the plug connected in order to use it in yep. that scenario if yep. you unplug yep. it from your house then you're doing a floating neutral system which is dangerous in its own mind, in its own right sure sure
2: Yeah, that makes complete sense. Cool. Well, I'm going to have to check out that manual. Um, Maybe I'll do a continuity test and, yeah.
0: Continuity test between the neutral and the ground on that system when it's not running anything.
1: Yeah, and and (laughs) this goes directly to what I was saying about generators as well. When people have, you know, portables or, you know, temporary generator setups, particularly you know, whether it's off grid or on grid, um, if they intend to move it around and go use it remotely somewhere, um, then you, you've got, you know, a couple of few choices about how to go about doing that. You know, you either got to put in some control circuit to make sure that that's always taken care of or something. um, or you've got to dedicate that inverter or that generator. I mean, to say, hey, this can't be used remotely because it's been modified to work with this standalone system over here, your off-grid system.
0: Or, or you put, um, in, or you put in a switch.
1: Yeah, that's another that option.
0: Makes or breaks the ground, which is what your midnight inverter is doing. Is it's got a relay in there that makes the neutral ground bond when it's in. In and
1: that's how you're supposed to do it. Offshore
0: mode and and yeah, undoes it when it's connected to shore.
1: And you are supposed to do it with a relay because that type of connection is supposed to be interlocked. It's not supposed to be manual. Yeah. Because makes, I mean, most electricians sense. don't understand neutral ground bonding properly and like why and when and how to do it in all these different places. I mean, that's that's part of why I've been subbed by other electrical contractors over the years, because they look at this thing and they're like, I, I, I don't know. know. We throw in Romex so, <laughs> and so, deal with light
0: switches and plugs. So if this thing's so, worth its salt, it would uh, it would uh, make the bond when it's not running off a of shore power and unmake it? When it is? Well, it would well, unmake no, it when it was
1: unplugged. From when the it was wall.
0: unplugged, yeah. Uh,
1: but that's kind of a problematic thing, because if you lose power there... And it's still connected in your relay trips. So there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of very particular specifics that have to be addressed and how to how to deal with that. And hopefully, it's just a machine that literally has a green wire on the inside that connects to the case that can be removed
0: and just remove it and don't unplug it. And don't unplug it. That's your safest. And and, and, and
1: more ideally, just hardwire it so it can't be unplugged. That's yeah, yeah. I, mean, I leave thing. the
2: extension cord in all the time, but yeah, I can just hardwire it, if that makes
1: sense. You know, if it's problematic, oh, you know, I mean, I don't like to use it, but, you know, some flexible metallic conduit or something like that to keep it simple.
0: Now, did we did we sidetrack you, Collar, in our geek mode, or is that what you called about
2: it? <laughs> No, I think you guys nailed it. I all think, right. Well, ultimately, I think I just need
1: to open the manual.
0: and There you go. A little more the, the, hopefully, <laughs> the manual is readable and sensible.
1: Any yeah. any reputable yeah. inverter will have, it at a minimum, a paragraph about this to yeah. be clear about their particular machine's makeup.
2: Awesome. Perfect. Well, hey, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate
0: it. Sure enough. Take care. Thanks for the call. Take care. And seeing as how we've taken a call, I might as well uh, announce our phone number to everybody. It's 707-895-2448. We've got a little bit more to talk about about the... Midnight inverters, and another little thing or two, but we—you should feel free to interrupt us if you've got something uh, related to what we're talking about or some other renewable energy issue that you wanted to address, something that you heard about that's really cool, troubleshooting, what have you. Um, so, how big? But
1: yeah, that, that Rosie is a one hundred twenty-two hundred forty inverter in one system.
0: All right, how big? Um, and of-
1: it is. It is a full output at one hundred and four degrees Fahrenheit. It's six thousand watts
0: at continuous, uh, continuous rating.
1: Yeah, that is you know twenty four hours a day.
0: That's a kind big. Of a thing. That's a big inverter. Um, hey, um, we got another call. We'll pause our conversation and say hello to the caller. Hello, caller. You're live on the air.
3: Good morning. My name is Deborah.
0: Hi, Deborah.
3: I am, support- I am supporting the current caller. There is very much a support
0: You got to turn off that radio. It's going to drive you and us crazy.
3: No, that's no problem. So, there you go. Um, Yes, there is very much a support for the current caller that is supporting the current (coughs) community and uh, making sure that the Community is reasonably supporting the dynamics of ergonomics as well as um, the community supporting the children and as well as making sure that they are getting a plenty of support for community activities of social activities so they can understand the dynamics of engineering as well as agricultural and a variable amount of uh, activities that will support
0: well we we hope we hope here at the station we're covering a little bit all of those bases we got the engineering on this show and we got a lot of other shows that address other aspects of community support, but do you have a renewable energy question for the Renewable Energy Hour? You know what's really neat is that the uh, wind, as well as
3: the uh, as well as the agricultural community is going to support the non oil industry, so that they Renewable industry can support solar as well as wind economy without destroying the environment.
0: Yep, well, that's been part of this show's mission for 27 years now.
3: And so how are we going to do that to support the community?
0: How how are we going to support the community? By doing things like I'm doing right now. And there's lots of other ways, and you're only limited by your imagination.
3: Isn't that true? (laughs) So renewable energy through wind, through, of course, I'm very disappointed with the dismantling of of the dams, but at the same time we want the environment to be able to support the salmon that's going to rejuvenate. Rejuvenate the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Luckily, is,
1: luckily yeah. for us, as far as power goes, the dams are not a, an, a large amount of power. It's not that they're insignificant, but they're not really what would be considered significant in the utility world anymore. But, but they were—they were when it was built.
3: Agreed. And dismantling them allows the environment and the salmon. The and salmon. The natural. Yes, the salmon. To regroup and go up the streams
1: to repopulate, so that the and that will feed every other organism in the in the region,
0: including Agreed. including delivering iodine and nitrogen and phosphorus and stuff to the land. I hadn't realized how much uh, of those trace minerals salmon were responsible for bringing into the land. Yeah,
3: isn't it amazing?
0: Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and if we just kind of don't mess it up, then the natural distribution system just moves around, and we don't really have to do anything but not mess it up.
0: Well, we're, we're always going to mess up something. Hopefully it's only a little bit where we've helped a lot in some other area, but there's always always unintended consequences, and, and, and building that dam had the unintended consequences of hurting the, the salmon, but it did help making clean energy.
1: And there's also been, in part of that, the intended consequence of just not
0: giving AF.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know anything about the Natomas Dam in Folsom, California? I don't. Well, dismantling the dam allows the salmon to re-populate the river.
0: Yep, yep. And they're doing that in the, the, the Klamath River.
3: Yes.
1: They are. Yes,
0: starting this year, yeah. four, four dams.
3: Isn't that wonderful?
0: It is wonderful.
1: Hey, so they, they saw a return of salmon on the Elwha that was magnitudes higher than what they imagined happening for several
0: decades. Wow.
3: And that's the way it should be.
0: That's encouraging but, that it can bounce back so fast. Some stuff bounces back amazingly fast, and some stuff is gone forever.
1: Yeah, there's I, I feel reassured just by, you know, the, the slowdown of human activity that happened, you know, particularly the first year of the pandemic and how much of a change we saw in so many different environmental factors around us and that you know, people that had lived in LA for fifty years had never seen Stars. San Bernardino from LA. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, they're yeah. gorgeous mountains. Hey hey collar, I've got I've got full lines. Let me give somebody else a chance. Thanks for the All call.
3: Right. Have a great day. You too. And bye bye. You too. Good enjoy night. Delivered.
0: Oh, that one didn't hang on, and we had two others just a moment ago call back. There they are again. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Got a lot.
4: Of- Hi. I had a question um, uh, about batteries. So um, if I have an off grid system with a 48 48- Uh, volt inverter do you recommend uh, batteries that won't break the bank like what's the best battery and why or what are the options
0: oh god it depends on the scale of the system and what your priorities are what sort of what sort of hoops you're willing (laughs) to jump through um
1: when when do you want to buy your next battery bank after this
0: one yeah
4: right so ideally I I would ideally I wouldn't have to maintain them. Like I, I am uh, kind of into these like sealed uh, these sealed batteries because I feel like they would last longer because the user error is lower, you know. The, the problem the what, the what that I run
1: into with the AGM batteries is that they are considerably more expensive than the flooded lead batteries. And you, you really don't want to buy in the bottom of the barrel of an AGM style chemistry because the failure rates are so much higher per cell. And we, we sold a really nice battery bank to a customer last year, a large AGM system. And we also did a small AGM system for a customer. And when we stepped back and looked at the whole thing and we warned them in the beginning because there were so many custom issues on their site that we had to address – that this could come somewhere in the seventy to eighty percent range of just having bought lithium in the beginning. So it's a tricky question.
0: So his, okay. his 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 answer his answer is if you can afford it and you really want a maintenance free battery, you should probably be going with a lithium bank. But it also depends on what equipment you've got charging it and running yeah. off of it because some equipment just. Is not designed for lithium. How old is your equipment? What brands is it?
4: Thank you for this. I might be cutting out because I'm on the 101, but um, uh, so it's a an Aim 48 volt. We're just talking about kind of a lower end, uh, home like off grid home system, and I don't run many things off of it. Like I run like a TV and my computer. Yeah. My, uh, my guess I just have like a small solar system.
5: My
0: <laughs> my guess is it was not. Not aimed at a uh, at a lithium ion battery bank. yeah it doesn't and,
1: have a lithium charging algorithm now
0: and and uh, so you should probably okay. be going with a lead acid battery and yeah. okay. and I would encourage you to just be disciplined about doing the maintenance our joke was the sealed batteries are marketed as maintenance free, and we always called them maintenance proof
1: right. Now, okay. the other side of that is what I would point you towards that would help with the maintenance is to get a watering kit for the battery, and I would, I would recommend a company called BWT, this, and that they make very high-quality caps for the batteries that are very unlikely to leak over time, because that's the problem with it's watering.
0: A, it's an automatic watering system? It's
1: not automatic. You don't ever want to leave the water bottle on with water pressure on the caps 24/7. You want to go out there once every month or two and just go and just you yeah, you look at the caps and the little float sights are down at the bottom and you turn the valve on and you watch the little spinner so you know the water's moving in the clear clear hose. And then it fills all the cells for you. So the idea is, in the life of the battery, you never even expose the cell to the air. So you can't contaminate it.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah,
5: cool. So
1: that's, a, that's something that a lot okay. of DIY wires do, is they contaminate their batteries. Especially, they even get baking soda Yeah, especially them neutralize if they're, them. If they're
0: throwing baking soda around on the top, which a lot of them do, I don't recommend that.
1: Yeah. So you know, but a watering kit, a good watering kit, is a is like a four hundred to six hundred dollar product. But it will okay. save you from doing ninety eight percent of the back breaking watering of battery systems, which really sucks.
0: <laughs> so, so you were asking Great. about the brand name again. What was the brand name?
1: A BWT. They make a really okay. simple. Well-designed cap, because I've run into this with watering systems where two or three years later, a bunch of the caps start leaking water out of them, so they overfill the cell, and then they're mixing battery acid and water and leaking that out onto the top of the battery.
0: Mm, And ruining the battery.
1: Yeah, you end up with corrosion issues. You've got one cell that's really diluted while all the other ones are not diluted. Things don't charge properly or balanced.
0: Yeah, I call they that just, just I call up. that ruining your battery. I was never very yeah. trusting of automatic watering systems. This mm-hmm. sounds a little more controlling. Um, my, yeah, never automatic. My, my father in law yeah. bought a cool tool. It was uh, it was something the battery manufacturers used to fill the cells the very first time in the factory. Uh, And, and you just have pressurized water behind you know this tool and you can adjust the cutoff point based on the height of the water in the cell and and once we got it tuned for his batteries it was take off all the caps and just stick it in you didn't even have to look and see if the battery needed it or not it wouldn't deliver if if it didn't need it and if it needed a lot it gave it the right amount, and if it needed a little, it gave it the right amount. It was really very cool. Yeah, but he also he he also was a geek and had uh, spare kegs. He could pressurize with the air compressor, and so he'd put distilled water in in his spare beer kegs and pressurize them. Yeah. So
1: I I would you know generally I would caution you against buying you know again bottom of the barrel you know so like interstate. Ten years okay. ago was really good, but today it's not. They, for the, you know, for their sealed,
0: toward... their sealed batteries in particular.
1: Uh, just they... in general, Interstate was bought by a you know a large conglomerate U.S. battery many years ago, and they harvested all the all the good IP and sent all the mediocre stuff out to Interstate and then sold it.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and that was nine years ago. Um, so so you... they're not what they used to be. So you... I would you know point towards like you know. Maybe battery systems, which is now um continental uh they have their own battery brands, and I think what they're doing is rebranding um full river batteries um I'm not hundred percent on that, but they're they're rebranding a good quality battery and, uh, and then full full river is another brand name that's good in the a g m world um, Okay.
0: but i'd encourage and- i'd encourage you to do a vented battery and be disciplined yeah. okay. about watering it's cheaper and they'll last longer if you treat them well
1: and battery and so systems they're right solar. down in santa rosa and they keep l16s in stock pretty well
4: battery systems okay and if i was doing so i have a 48 volt inverter and i have a pretty small solar system what's the like least amount of battery what's this, like what am i aiming for my battery bank back? oh
0: shoot we don't have enough numbers yet how what do you currently okay. have it's forty-eight volts. So you need you need it's it at least. 40, so you need at least uh, eight six-cell batteries or four okay. s- six-cell batteries. The eight three-cell batteries. Um, yeah, so six volts. I believe I have eight six-volt
4: right now. I'm Pro-
0: like old. Probably old golf cart ATM batteries. batteries. And
1: what that roughly gives you is 20 kilowatt hour total storage, but about 10 kilowatt hours usable.
0: Well, you're assuming she's got uh, L-16s. They might be golf cart batteries.
4: I have six volt rolls. They're old, really, really old rolls. Are they
1: like 20 inches tall or are they 10 inches tall?
4: They're like the big red
0: heavy ones. Are they pushing two feet tall? Yeah.
4: Yes. Okay. They're but the, the, they're really old and they're worn out, and I just need to get something.
0: Well, that's a good. That's a good brand.
1: It is, but it is, you are going to pay a bit of a premium. But it is a better brand than US Battery. Okay.
4: Or so Interstate. If I were to get the sealed. So oh yeah. Of, but you're recommending just go with the sealed lead acid and just or, be better about watering. The, the, no. the vented,
0: the vented lead acid battery as opposed, so not the, the sealed that's battery. That's battery.
1: Okay. That's what I meant. Okay.
0: That that's the way I'd lean, but everybody has a different okay. drummer. Okay, the,
1: yeah, the well, steel I batteries mean, could I, be four times old. could be four times more in
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Okay. I, I would love to get just like a nice new lithium ion battery, <laughs> but I don't
1: <laughs> They're
0: pricey. Like, that's
4: in the cars, but
0: Yeah, and what? I don't I think mean, your equipment's what, exactly. compatible.
1: Oh, yeah, you so would I need a new inverter and charge in the, controller uh, in all likelihood. Uh,
4: Okay, and I would find that information out on the in the inverter manual if it could be
0: probably. That. Yeah, I mean if
1: that Ames isn't you know say three or five years old, it's definitely not capable
0: Ooh. of supporting a lithium. I killed her. I'm sorry. Oops. I um. Anyhow, well, we, we,
1: we, we turn we... her radio back up. You know, <laughs> I'll say it again real quick. If that Ames isn't really new. It definitely doesn't have a lithium capability.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we've just and the
1: had, same on the charge controller.
0: We've just had multiple callers calling in, and you've all dropped off while I hit the wrong button. There they are. <laughs> Somebody's back. Hello, caller. You're live on the air.
5: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have one solution that would help uh, the battery watering situation, that is to get a Hudson-type sprayer, a garden sprayer, Get a brand new one, a little plastic with a pump handle on it, and uh, fill it full of distilled water and and have this dedicated Don't put anything else in it. And take the wand off of uh, the sprayer. So you just unscrew the long, skinny pipe that's coming out of the spray handle and and then pump it up a little bit and uh, water your batteries that way. So all you have to do is pull the trigger on the sprayer and it slowly... Puts distilled water back in the battery, and it eliminates the funnel and
0: quite a bit of Yeah, The, f- the and funnel and the looking and the how full. Well, you still got to look and see how full you got it.
5: Yeah, still, yeah, it's still work to do, but at least you're not hassling with a funnel and spilling water quite as much. It, it. Uh, how are you pumping up the water?
0: it's a hand pump it's it's for like spraying uh, spraying stuff on your garden and whatnot ah
5: uh, gotcha yes yeah, it, 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 it you know it, it uh does help things along the way quite a bit
0: yeah my I guess yeah. my my father in law's systems with the uh with the air compressor charge on his five gallon beer keg is 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 an exotic ec- excessive version of that although yeah, although the, the cool thing for on his
5: the splattering of course the safety equipment would be uh some goggles and have uh, some flushing water nearby. I have a garden hose or something nearby yeah. in case... Yeah, good. a nice a nice apron. Yeah,
0: yep, yep. Yeah, uh, nice Ocha, Ocha yeah, actually, requires you know, an apron.
5: Uh, there's a ton yeah. to uh, have holes in your blue jeans anyway. Yes, so we, we,
0: we do it yourselfers off the grid. usually have some sacred blue jeans.
5: Yeah, just put your hands right on your knees and uh, you'll put uh, money into your wardrobe that way. I'm just kidding. Be okay. really careful around uh, the acid because it's It can be pretty nasty stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we just talked to a battery tech the other day who did a repair on one of our industrial batteries where they have to, you know, actually solder the lead bus bars onto the cells. And um, he's been doing this quite a bit. And um, he did a job because, you know, he's a tech. He's an expert. He's feeling comfortable. He's cutting corners. And he had sulfuric acid splash into his mouth. And it got into his gum and down below his teeth and actually rotted out his jawbone completely. Oh my word. Yes. Really? So he has this like massive reconstructive surgery to reconnect the left and the right side of his jaw because it literally annihilated that
5: bone.
0: Yeah, well uh, uh, I always, you know, thought that goggles were a good idea but OSHA says full face shield when working on yep. batteries and, uh, Acid proof or uh, an acid proof smock. Actually, they say a a smock capable of resisting the deleterious effects of the electrolyte because it might be an alkali.
5: Yep. And if you buy all those products and quality, your batteries is good too because it's kind of a dark little hole down inside that battery cap, and you need to be able to watch and don't overfill the batteries. No. There's a little plastic sleeve that I'm sure you guys know a lot about. When you take the cap off, there's a little plastic sleeve that goes down into the cell of the battery and keep that that uh, water, that electrolyte level down below that sleeve yeah. a little bit. to keep Up, it up to close out. to
0: that sleeve, but not quite touching it is what I tell yeah, my Yeah, just clients. down
1: below. Yeah. yeah, very, very important. Yeah, you have to have room for expansion. But that whole safety kit, if you go buy good quality stuff even and don't, you know scrimp you're still looking at less than two hundred dollars for a full safety kit for lead acid batteries and if you consider what that provides you you know over five or ten or twenty years if you take care of it then it's well worth it
5: yeah yeah just just be careful around it and you'll be just fine make sure your connections are good and uh, don't try any soldering that can be uh Definitely lived up to the professionals.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And but ventilate your, your ventilate yeah, your lead acid batteries. Yes,
0: yeah. that's uh, that's a common no no I see all the time. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the program. Hey, thanks for the call, Dave. And somebody jumped on right as that was hung up. Oops. Are they still there? Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Oh, you got your radio on. You're seven seconds in the past. All
1: right. Yeah, it sounds like it might be our first
5: caller.
3: Do not ever call this number again. Do not
1: oh, now we can barely hear you.
0: We we didn't call you.
3: this one.
0: I think uh, somebody's yanking our chain. I think so. (laughs)
1: Um, So, you know, we do only have a few minutes left, so I'm wondering if maybe we should finish up a couple of details about this inverter. Yep,
0: go ahead. And and I'd also like to uh, Um, put on a little music to transition for Jamie.
1: So, like I said, it is a 120-240 inverter, so that means it's split phase, so like your standard home wiring. Now, a really key detail about this is that the the inverter can do 100% unbalanced load. So it can put out 6,000 volts on 120,
0: or 6,000 watts. How's it doing that? Does it have an outrageous balancing transformer, or...?
1: I believe so, because there's this other key detail that came up about this, and that if you're looking at buying a new inverter, but, oh, say you've only got a generator that does 120, you can put a 120 generator into this, and still pull 12240 loads out of it while that generator's live and charging your batteries.
0: Wild. Wild. Yeah. Y- usually it's the opposite problem. You got to
1: Exactly. And so another key thing about this is that this is a transformer inverter which is like the real baseline of good quality battery based inverters.
0: Robust. And
1: very robust, better power quality, doesn't depend on a lot of new electronics that are not yet time tested.
0: And usually very very heavy though.
1: Now I've gotta say this inverter is fully a hundred pounds lighter than the Sunny Island.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: It is a forty-three pound inverter. The, and sunny, also I- got-
0: the sunny Island's a hundred and forty pounds.
1: 143.
0: <laughs> 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 just
1: to be technical i thought my inverter was heavy now i mean the sunny island though this is something i reserve at this point especially for you know people who have medical devices um, off grid or are real serious radio heads um, you know we just did a client last year you know they defected from the grid and they they're literally if all the Cal Fire antennas burn down and these people can't get out. They are to go to his house if they're north of Willits, as for a radio station. He's the the emergency backup for the North County for radio huh. kind of thing. For, so we, put, we yeah. put the Funny Island in because it's 3% total harmonic distortion max.
0: So really quiet. We used to yeah. have a guy who called all the time who was a ham radio nut who was really bothered by the noise that came from charge controllers yeah. and inverters.
1: There is a procedure for dealing with that now, but it is very complex. And so I just recommend putting the money into the better quality product because then you don't have to fit all these extra wire loops and iron ferrites and all this stuff into the system because you got to run three loops of wire through some of these donuts to get rid of the noise that's coming from the charge controllers or a generator or if you have an AC inverter, you know, for your solar. Mhm. Um, you know, you you get a lot of noise in there and especially if the the equipment's older, the noise is worse. But then with the newer equipment, there's a different kind of noise that the higher frequency, that's a little harder to get rid of. So it's, you know, it's, it's all a balancing act with everything. You know, there's, there's pros and cons of every direction you go. And no matter which way you go, you're going to have a couple of complex details. You've got to figure out how to shoehorn into the system.
0: Yeah. I I remember the old the ancient old uh, Trace Technologies three phase grid tie inverter uh, at the Real Goods in Hopland. Was, Still there was it was a really big system for the time. Now it's you know tiny grid tied system for a commercial system. And but you I, can
2: hear that inverter I, from
0: almost a hundred yards away. Yes, and and also, I I heard from multiple people the people stopping in is like. Yeah, I was listening to the baseball game on AM radio, and I got near your store, and the radio dropped. Yep. It was all static. Yeah. All right. Well, um, last last points on the on the midnight, or did you cover your key ones?
1: Well, so they are working on integrations with a couple lithium battery manufacturers, so there will be closed loop. but, but Meaning you know, they,
0: man- they can talk to each other.
1: Yeah, though, I would say that Midnight is probably one of the companies that we could look forward to having, like, real agnostic capability with lithium batteries, because that's what we really want.
0: We want to be we able to go batteries. both ways.
1: Yeah, the batteries have to get better for this to really work in in all scenarios. It's just that Midnight has done really well with their classic charge controllers series, and they've got a couple of new ones that have improved upon that. You know, I mean, they have a 200 amp you know, 600 volt charge controller. Now there, they have the biggest 600 volt charge controller in the market bar none at this point.
0: Wow.
1: Um, and so there, you know, there's some real potential there. I think with this equipment to be able to go back towards that agnostic concept of just being able to bring in all these different components into a system and for it to work generally flawlessly, which is kind of where SMA was doing originally, but they kind of amer- abandoned the North American market for off grid at this point.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we'll see. There's a new hybrid coming out that's supposed to be off-grid and on-grid.
0: All right, we should call it quits.
1: Okay. Thanks everybody.
0: Good night. Good night, Chris. Good I'm Doug Livingston, it's Chris Love with the Renewable Energy Hour and we'll be back in 2 weeks, uh, barring any uh trucks rolling off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> Stay tuned good night, for Doug. Good night. Stay tuned for Jamie Roberts and Radiogram coming up after a little bit of native plant spot.
1: This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.